welcome to Miss Checkpoints, the video game cookbook podcast. Today, we're starting and ending our discussion on Vanquish. I'm your host, Marcus, and joining me today, as always, are the homies. First off, we got Greg. Yo. Uh, then we got uh, Darren. Yo, yo. And last but not least, we have Trevor. What's going on? Um, and as I said, we are covering Vanquish, and this was uh, Greg's uh, the first of two of the games. We're playing two different games this month, uh, so we're going to cover Vanquish in its entirety today, and then our next episode will be covering his second game. Uh, but uh, I'll let Greg go ahead and introduce Vanquish. Okay, so uh, I picked Vanquish, one of the Platinum's games, and the reason why I picked it is because I feel like Vanquish is a really underappreciated action game. Um, I remember playing the demo. I think it came out a couple months before the game was released and just kind of being wild by it. Um, I really like the game for the really tight controls, uh, frenetic battles, and just kind of the flash that Platinum's known for. So uh, for background, uh, Vanquish began its development in 2007 and was released on October 19th, 2010. Uh, It was released on Xbox 360 and PlayStation 3. And eventually the game was ported to PC this year, which was May 25th. Um, The game reviewed really well across uh, multiple publications, but ultimately didn't really sell well. I think after about six months from release, release it was, I think, maybe 830,000 copies. Um, It was also developed by Platinum Games, as I said earlier. Uh, Platinum Games, if if you're not familiar, it was founded by Shinji Mikami, which was uh, one of the creators of Resident Evil. Um, Hideki Kamiya, who also worked for Clover, um, another kind of renowned studio, and also was somebody who worked on Resident Evil and Devil May Cry. And Atsushi Inaba, who was the former CEO of Clover. A uh, little bit of background on Clover was it was one of Capcom Studios, and they were the guys who had done, I think, Beautiful Joe uh god hand and there's some other game i'm missing oh okami um i think a good bit of the people who once clover shut down because that studio eventually was closed uh, i think a lot of those guys end up working at platinum uh platinum has also developed a few other games um i think one of their bigger titles was bayonetta um they also did metal gear rising revengeance uh mad world was another one and I think probably their most popular game, I think, so far is near uh, Automata. Nah, I mean, per- I'm going to say Bayonetta, dude. <laughs> oh, Bayonetta is lit. And I think uh, they, they did some, like, property games, too. I think they did a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they did uh, that. Of course. Transformers. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um. So for this podcast, we played through the entire game, which I think was about maybe four and a half hours to six hours for all of us, right? Yeah, it was relatively short, something like that. Yeah. And just to kind of boil the story down to like its most basic element, um, games basically opens up with Russians taking over this space station and basically doing a terror or having a terrorist attack on San Francisco. And uh, you are, or Sam, you play as Sam Gideon and who's the main protagonist of the story. And you are sent with, uh, what's his name? Robert Burns, uh, who is basically part of the U S Marine Corps to go take over this colony after, uh, the Russians have invaded it. 
Yeah, doesn't the game start off with, like, don't they attack San Francisco? Yep. They, like, nuke it. Yeah, pretty much. And, uh, yeah, so, um, as Greg said, uh, you play as Sam, and, um, the thing about Sam is, is that he's, like, he's not a soldier. He's not a prototypical soldier. He's, like, in a mech suit, really, uh... He, I think the story was is he was in like a serious football career-ending injury, and to repair his body, uh, he basically got like placed in this suit. So some of the powers of the suit is, or the main power of the suit is, is that he basically can like jetpack around and like like at super quick speeds, it's faster than running, you know, and. Um, uh, he's just like a smart, uh, not smart, but like a smart ass, you know, he's like a wisecracking, uh, re- uh, rebel style character that he's supposed to be put, placed into this like hardcore by the numbers military unit that's led by this, like this grizzled veteran dude. Like this dude looks like he's like an extra from Gears of War, uh, the, the Colonel, uh, Robert Burns and, um, yeah, I don't know. Like, uh, it, it, the 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 main one of the main things in this game is like the two different philosophies these two characters have. Where Burns is like, by any means, kind of like you know, uh, we do this as a, as a squad, but he's not worried about leaving people behind. Whereas Sam, even though he's like super cocky and rebellious and everything, like he want he's the hero type and he wants everybody to be saved. He wants to, you know we're not leaving anybody behind. So there was a couple of like encounters throughout this game where, uh, they come, come to, uh, differing opinions on like how something played out. And then I guess some of the other supporting characters is like the, the girl, Elena, she's like your AI, your Cortana esque. I don't what, what she's an actual real person. Like what do you, what is her role in this game? Just to pretty much give support for Sam, I guess like kind of, let him know, give him intel on stuff. And yeah, then, uh, support and yeah, yeah. She kind of like gives you the lay of the land, uh, when you go to a new environment or whatever. And she kind of is like your, uh, she hacks, uh, equipment for you on the battlefield so that way you can use it or whatever. And then, um, uh, Professor Candide, uh, who actually I wrote down, he looks a lot like Mr. Jefferson from Life is Strange. <laughs> But uh, he's like the guy. He's the the scientist that uh, puts you in the suit. Um, so he's kind of and he works with Elena. They have a good working relationship. And then the main villain of the game is uh, Victor Zaitsev, and he's this Russian villain. He's like in a mech suit himself, and he has like uh, HDMI ports in his head or something. <laughs> like he has a whole bunch of like. He's got a look. Yeah, he's bald headed, but he has a whole bunch of like plugs into in his or like sockets in his head, really, like ports. In his appearance is, I, is it sexual? Is the word I'm looking for? It's very like David Bowie. Yes, fanciful. <laughs> yes, like yeah. There's no way of other way to describe it, but he's like a super hardcore like Russian villain with the, the accent and very mysterious and. Things like that. And then also, uh, so he's the main protagonist, and uh, he's the one that orders the attack and the takeover. And then there's also the president 
who is the I, I don't re- do you know when this game was take take place? It's in the future. This is like a very super like just like from the settings perspective, like everything's in space. There's all these mechs around. Nothing is like it is today. Everything's very futuristic um, technology that we don't have. So when we say like, hey, they're nuking us and we're going to war, it's not like, oh, these are soldiers on the ground. I mean, technically they're on the ground, but they're on the ground in spaceships, you know. Oh, yeah. So it's even the wiki says in the near future. So like basically the the human population is rapidly outgrown the earth. So like there's space colonies. And so like Greg said, the Russians took over a space colony. They've nuked San Francisco and he's threatening to nuke uh, New York City unless the president, the first female president at that, Elizabeth Winters, uh, who looks very, very, very similar to Hillary Clinton. Yeah. Um, unless she su- surrenders the American government. So it's kind of like, do this or else we're going to do the same thing to, to New York City that we did to San Francisco. So you're basically trying to, as Sam and uh, with the the Marines, you're sent to the space colony to stop the Russians from controlling that place and then trying to prevent them from quickly enough that you can also stop the New York City attack, I, I believe is the story. But honestly, we're not here for the story. Uh, n- not that much, anyways. Uh, You're right. <laughs> the uh, the main crux of this game, the main thing that we're here to talk about is the gameplay of this game. Well, at least for me. Um, but before before we, we delve on, we are going to cover some of the story elements and all that stuff. So there will be spoilers, or, I mean, there's not that important, but we are going to talk about the ending of this game, because the ending goes places as well, so just bear in mind, spoiler alert. Um, but yeah, so uh, the game starts off, and it drops you in the uh, tutorial, and, like, I don't I don't know how to say this, because I, I played this game originally, like, 2012, and so, like, when I started this game up, it, it gives you the option, like, hey, do you want to do the tutorial? And since I hadn't played it in so long, I was like, sure. Like, I, it's a, it, this game is a cover shooter. It's, you know, Gears of War style. It's a little bit, like Greg said, more frenetic and fast-paced, but it's a cover shooter. So it's like you kind of know how these games play. But from from the jump, literally from training mode, once I started moving around and seeing how fast this game was again, I was like, oh, yeah, this game is going to be, like, this is a good change of pace from what we had been playing previously. Not, you know, not to knock on the previous games we had been playing, but like this was a welcome change of pace. And like it, it, the, the the tutorial, I felt like it didn't, like, I guess, overstay its welcome. It tell it told you everything that you needed to know to play this game, and you got to see almost all the weapons, even for the most part. And um, I think it introduced like my favorite. No, it didn't have my favorite weapon, but it had some really cool weapons in it, and it was just like a it was a small enough taste of what the game had in store for us. So did anybody feel like I think you you're the only one that hadn't played this game, right, Trevor? I think so. Did did you get a sense of like what this game was gonna be once you did the tutorial? As soon as they showed you like the sliding mechanic, I was blown away. I was just like, man, this is going to be... I, I was thinking it was going to be like um, Gears of War at first, but then once I started sliding around, I was like, wait a minute. 
this is another element now. Like this game is fucking tight. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like and yeah, so like the game you're in like a like a, a ring shaped room and you literally like you have to like slide around these these waypoints around the map and you have to go in a circle. So you're like sliding around the entire room on your knees and it's just like, yo, this game, we are going places. And then like the throwing the grenade animation where that dude just like jumps and lobs it like a football. And I was like, I, I, I don't know why that made me smile, but it just I was just like, yo, I'm so ready for this. For so like, me, it was the slow-mo when you started like, oh, if I slow-mo and hit right, I'll do this like my left leg's out and I'll lean this way. If I slow-mo and go backwards, I'll do like a half somersault or whatever. And there's just like a lot of really minute attention to detail that it sets up right then and there. They get you excited for the rest of the game. Yeah, so like I, I was, I wrote down tutorial mode is awesome, <laughs> and I don't think I've ever said, thought, or heard anybody say that about a tutorial in a video game before. So, um, yeah, I, the, <laughs> I was ready, and I, you know, like so. Oh, and I actually have it written down. You have eight hours to save New York City. Uh, um. Yeah, it, it, it's crazy, but uh, and it's funny because, like, right after you do the tutorial, you're, like, ready to go. You go into a cutscene. Sam immediately gets into a scuffle with Burns over, again, like I said, Sam is cocky and he's a rebel. Uh, he basically says you're not allowed to smoke on the ship because Sam lights up a cigarette. And then uh, it just, that's another unique and cool thing like I, I don't really know how else to is has there been a game or is there another game that you guys can think of that has such a like cool way of implementing something so like normally insignificant into a game with the cigarettes i feel like metal gear has done something like that before but it was i guess with cigarettes you could use it to reveal lasers in like metal gear solid but so yeah, Metal Gear, you can reveal lasers and calm yourself for, like, sniper shots and stuff like that. But, oh, Greg, yeah. since you're the other person that's played Metal Gear here, did you pretty much get the vibe that Sam is just a parody of Snake? Um, A little bit. And then Cause... maybe that and then, like, maybe a little bit of, well, not riding, I guess, maybe, like, MGS four riding maybe. There's a lot of MGS that the encounter Marcus is describing with the cigarette pretty much leads directly into Burns trying to slash the cigarette out of Sam's mouth with a combat knife and probably like a two minute choreographed little fight scene occurs. It's hundred percent anime. So <laughs> this game is hundred percent anime on MGS. <laughs> this game is Japanese as hell. I was actually looking at, like, I think it was the wiki, and the creator of the game said he actually was inspired by an anime. I can't remember the name of it, but that was what kind of influenced the cutscenes. Huh. I mean, it, yeah, like, I'm just looking at the cutscenes in this game. So, like, all right, so let, let's, let's, let's try to do a uh, breakdown of the gameplay mechanics. So I feel like we should be a little bit more focused. So... The thing that I was alluding one, to earlier... Oh, go, ahead. go ahead. Sorry, I was going to say one quick thing. I think this is probably going to be the first and only game where we all played on a different platform. 
Oh, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. We should uh, bring that up. So, like, as Greg said earlier, the game was originally PS3 and 360, and then later on uh, it came, They just this year, it came out on PC. So uh, what did you guys play it on? I was PS3. I was 360. I played on 360. Uh, my first playthrough was on PS3 whenever it came out, but I played on PC this time. Trevor, didn't you use Xbox One, though? Um, It's not backwards compatible. I know it is oh, one wow. of the top um, suggested games on their, their, um, you know, their voice voting thing. Um, to bring it over to backwards compatibility, but um, I just played it through the HDMI in. Interesting. Uh, I don't think, like, as far as I know, I don't think there's any big differences, at least between the 360 and Xbox, or 360 and the PlayStation 3 version. I just, as far as I know with the, the port, the, the PC version, it's just, like, just way more enhanced graphically. It's just a prettier game, right? Like Pretty the, much. I, like, other than I, the fact that it runs, like, at 60, like, that's the, the main thing. I, and it doesn't I, do a whole lot for that game, but it, it helps, though. For sure. I mean, I... I don't think this game looks like I, this game does not chug. It no, no, chug. no, like like on the I'm I'm talking about it for us for like the the 360, and I, I really can't vouch for the PS3 version, but like this game still looks good. Like it's you know obviously it's not like it doesn't pop like you know current gen games do, but like I this game like it's not an eyesore at all. This game looks great. The art style they went with was really smart. Where Everything is kind of like this really nice polished white looking color and occasionally you'll have different colors that blend in, but they keep it simple enough and just the aesthetic of the futuristic world is so like hard edged that it allows it to not really have that many jaggies and like Marcus says, it looks really nice. Yeah, like the only way I can describe it is like think like a city like from Mirror's Edge, right? It's kind of like that clean, that exactly polished, what I was thinking of. pristine, and then like the enemies are like the color that pops out. So like enemies are blue or red or whatever, but like for the most part, the background elements are white, gray, like very like toned down, uh, very colors. limited color palette. Yeah, but I, the game looks great, and it run like I said, it run it ran fine. Uh, it, it does not. I'm not saying that, hey, they shouldn't have ported. I'm glad they did because uh, hopefully that means more people have an opportunity to play this game. Um, but, uh, yeah, going back to the mechanics, uh, what I had been alluding to earlier with the cigarettes was one of the things you learn in the tutorial mode is, and that you see played on the very first cutscene, is that Sam is a smoker. And it's, as I said before, is a cover-based shooter. So one of the elements that you can have, and you actually have a cigarette meter, like a a ammo count of cigarettes and you can, from behind cover, like usually Sam has his visor on or whatever. And he's in like his full on mech suit, but you can, while you're behind cover, you can basically light up a cigarette and start smoking it. And so his visor will come up and then he can just take a puff of a cigarette and then he can flick the cigarette. And the way the game uses it is as a distraction or a way to draw enemy fire to a different point for wherever he flicks his cigarette. And I thought that was pretty cool. And like, it, it makes his character seem more cocky and just like 
rebel. I don't know. It, it, it did a lot for me as far as like showing how like rough this guy, or, you know, like how much of a, like, you know, this, this guy is just like going against the mold, you know? And I, I thought that was cool. And like, like throughout this entire game, there's like scenes where you see Sam like smoking a cigarette or like, Oh, I, like there's one part where he's literally hanging on the edge of this thing that he got knocked over and he's holding on with one hand and he lights up a cigarette in the other and takes this puff before he pulls himself up. And it's just like, man, what are you doing? <laughs> like, I think there's another part where he, uh, he gets blown up or that, that ship that you're fighting gets blown up. He flies off it and then lands and then has like a talk with, um, Elena, I think. And then, like, immediately just after he says, you know, whatever he says, just lights up another cigarette. Yeah. So the mechanic, I need to try it out. Yeah. I mean, it's not like I. I, All right. Did everybody play on normal difficulty? Yeah. I think the cigarettes only really come into play on the higher difficulty. Yes. Yes. So my very first playthrough when I played this, that was back in my uh, achievement hunting days. So I was like, man, I'm going to play this game. And I already have, you know, the hard difficulty already unlocked from the jump. Like, you know, you didn't have to beat the game on normal and unlock hard. So I'm just going to play it on this difficulty and get the achievement for beating it on normal and on hard. And, yes, you are absolutely right that that more comes into play on the hard difficulty. Uh, normal, for the most part, is super easy. Like we said, we, we beat this game in four uh. Oh, well, <laughs> excuse <laughs> we'll me. Get into that later. Yeah, we'll get into that later. But for the most part, this game took us four and a half to five, six hours. So it, it's not a super long game. But uh, especially on normal, it's not difficult to, difficult by any means. But it's just like you feel badass with the way these game mechanics make you feel. And uh, another one of those mechanics that I feel like this is this is – a super cool mechanic to me is the bullet, the bullet time or like the uh, mechanic they have where uh, Sam camps, as we said before, he, he can like jet around uh, around the battlefield. Uh, but his suit, and it, it, when he does that, it uses like a meter. I think they call it an AR meter or augmented reaction meter or mode. And he's using a meter when he's uh, sliding around on the screen. So when he's not sliding, it's charging back up. Well, when it's fully, I think it has to be fully charged, he can enter AR mode, which will slowly drain that meter, but everything is moving in slow motion. So you can kind of use that to take out a couple of enemies really, really quickly. And uh, in addition to, you can also go, you also go into AR mode when you take a, a whole bunch of damage. It's basically like a, uh, you're about to die. Uh, like you can last ditch effort to like save yourself before you like, you know, you, you get overwhelmed. And I, I thought that part was really cool too. And it's cool too, because like even the things that he's saying, like, you know, like when he picks up ammo, he says, I'll take that or whatever. Like <laughs> when you pick up stuff in that mode, he's like, it, it, it just, it sounds cool. Like you're seeing gunfire and you can literally see the bullets zipping by you and then you can shoot back and him talking in slow motion or you can hear the people yelling on the battlefield. And I, I thought it was like a super cool uh, mechanic in this game. How, how do you guys feel about the uh, augmented reaction mode? Um, 
I really liked it. I I like how all his actions are kind of tied to that. So you have to do this kind of balance of, okay, well I'm going to try and like roll out to try and go into AR mode to take some shots. Then I'm going to slide over to the next cover or, or you have to sit there and say, well, I'm going to slide, but I need to make sure that I don't put myself in a bad situation where I overheat. So now I have to wait for it to recharge. But um, I really like, like having to manage that. Yeah. I thought it was really cool mechanic. And, um, Maybe they, maybe it's just because normal's different, but it seems like you have a lot of it, which is, it's nice. It makes you feel, feel really powerful at all times, but at the same time, it also made me feel like I was never really in trouble. One yeah. thing I will say though, is I really enjoy how they implemented it, where if you're, um, this is a cover based shooter, so you're hiding behind cover a lot. And if you hit the, um, slow-mo button essentially as you're either vaulting over cover or leaving cover it activates like right at the right time so you do the beginning of the animation in like real time but then like right as you're able to pull out your gun it'll go slow-mo and you just feel so powerful and amazing when you just like jump over a piece of cover get like three headshots before you even land from that and then, like, slide into something else. Yeah, I actually, I kind of want to point out, too, so, like, it's kind of hard to explain how fast the combat is in this game, but, like, like Dante was saying, like, everything that you do is tied to this meter, and the way the battlefields, a lot of them are set up is that, like, there's cover at multiple areas across the map. And there's enemies at different levels of terrain. You know, there could be enemies below you, above you, on the same level as you. And they're all shooting at you or your teammates or whatever. And so, like, typically you'll get into an encounter and you, like, you're not behind cover. Like, you, you know, you, co- you come up over a hill and enemies are shooting at you. So you have to, like, quickly, like, boost into cover. Okay, you take out some enemies and you can, like, hop over the cover, boost to another cover, it's like super fast paced because you have to constantly be shifting where you are on the battlefield because enemies like, like we said, it is normal difficulty. So it's not hard. And it's like, you can stay behind uh, a single cover for the most part and kill a lot of the enemies. But um, uh, on the harder difficulties, you got to constantly like go between cover and it's a little less, uh, stationary than uh like gears of war like gears of war the enemies do try to flank you but it's they're flanking you for the most part from like one or two locations whereas in this game there's like enemies at eight different you know six to eight different vantage or like positions so you gotta have to hit somebody over here this person is behind cover oh this person's coming up you get a shot from this other way oh there's an opening here you can jump around cover go into your ar mode pop that guy and then you can boost to where he was at to kind of reposition yourself on the battlefield. And like, it's super frenetic and it's just like, there's tons of things going on at the same time. And it's a lot of like multitasking and just like, okay, what's my um, meter at, you know, like where are the enemies at? And then there's another thing and uh, was um, one other way you can use your uh, meter is enemies as they flank you, they're going to come up and try to like, hit you with their gun, you know, like pop you over the side of the head. So you have a melee attack and your melee attack, it uses the entirety of your meter 
So as soon as you use it, you don't have any meter. So like you're almost at a disadvantage. It's like a cool way that the game, I, I want to say, kind of punishes you from letting enemies sneak up on you or flank you. You know, it's like, oh, you were in an improper position. So now, yeah, you can freely kill this person by meleeing them, but now you can't quickly get to cover. And now, you know, like you're going to have to wait to when your meter goes down, your suit, quote unquote, overheats. And, it, you know, it takes it, it blinks and you're it's not charging for like three to five set or about three seconds. And then it slowly starts going back up. And so I think that's even like a cool system or mechanic that they implemented to kind of punish you for like not playing the game the right way almost. How do you guys feel about that? Or not? I actually started out liking the whole system, but then it wasn't too far into it where the overheating part of it started to get annoying, I guess, because I wasn't used to it. Like I would slide around and some of the things that I thought weren't, um, you know, didn't take as much resources or didn't shouldn't have taken as much resources. Seemed like it completely drained his ability. And I was just running around sluggishly on the field getting shot. And that's probably why I died as many times as I did because I wasn't using it properly and it kept overheating and I would sit there and have to wait until it, um, until it cooled down. Yeah. You definitely don't want to be at the middle of the battlefield when it runs out. <laughs> yeah. Uh, like <laughs> I like there, there's a lot of meter management in this game. You have to, you have to keep an eye on it because it is a visual visible meter that you can fit, like see on screen. But at the same time, like if you allow it to, get out of control things can go badly very quickly for you yeah and like a lot of times these fights are like you're just fighting like you know peon enemies the grunts or whatever and then oh here comes like a like a mini boss or like a uh like a character in a vehicle or somebody that requires more of your attention but you're still getting shot at by these other people and then they're you know running up on you trying to flank you and it's like well shoot do i should I go in AR mode now and take out like three of the grunts or, you know, four of the grunts or should I like kind of boost out of here and then get a better position? Or it's a lot of like, you know, managing uh, like the meter as well as like just paying attention to your surroundings. And, and that's even on top of like managing all that stuff, even on top of trying to make sure you have the right weapon for, you know, the situation and trying to scout for, um, other weapons in case you're looking for upgrades and stuff like that. Like there's definitely a lot going on as far as like that you have to, you know, pay attention to during battle. I'm glad you brought up weapons. Uh, do we, do we, do we have anything else we need to talk about, about the, the suit? Uh, other than like, I love just the attention to detail on the suit. Like the fact that the way his helmet animates when the visor's coming up and like, um, just there's like so many moving pieces on his suit. The, the animations when he's going from slide, like, so we're saying he's boosting around. He's literally like sliding on his knees across the battlefield, and like the animation of him getting down on his knees and jetpacking, and then coming out of it, he does like a little leg flip, and like even like when he's holding guns and like when you swap guns, the way the gun like it almost like 
loads it into your hands. Yeah, like, like it's it's not like even it's not like a typical game where he might like pull it from like an imaginary backpack yeah, like or out of holster or something. Like his literally his hands don't move and then yeah. a gun just like it disappears from his hands and another one like reformulates in his hands. It's, I, I, I it just it's it's cool. I think another another cool thing about it too is you wouldn't be able to notice all those animations like when he's sliding around and stuff unless you were going in slow motion. So combining those two elements in the game really accentuates, you know, the animation in it. Yeah, yeah. And like <laughs> it's even so rewarding too, like the the I guess the one knock I will say is there is a it, it's good and bad. So like the I, the entire time, you know, your HUD in the top right-hand corner, you have a map. And the map kind of just, it's its the stereotypical, like the radial map with the red dot for enemies. They have green dot for uh, crates and white dots for ammo or, you know, generic guns or whatever. But, like, any time I saw one red dot, I was like, I'm boosting to that dude and I'm kicking him in his face. <laughs> <laughs> Every one, Yeah, one thing that... I guess we probably understated a little bit was um, how powerful the melee is because they're like sub bosses that you can fight and pretty much take off half their health if you boost and hit them right. Yeah, the on the peon enemies, the your melee is a one hitter quitter. Like <laughs> you just like you just like you can uh, he, you have like two different ways you can man- well actually there's a couple different ways because you can. Normal melee, um, and depending on the gun, there's a different animation, which is cool. Uh, so there's a little bit of variety in that. But then they also have you could boost and like kind of boost and jump kick into them, and that's a, like that was my favorite way of ending like the last enemy, where it's like, oh, you, you don't got nobody around you, and I don't have to worry about needing this meter anymore. Let me go ahead and boost to wherever you are on the other side of the map, and then just jump kick you, and it was like satisfying every time. Um, See, I didn't even know you could do that, and that probably would have saved my life a few times while I was playing. <laughs> well, with your meter management, you wouldn't have been able to. <laughs> right? like, yeah, no, no bar. No, no lie. I was usually saving my meter in order, like, whenever my health got really low and I went into, like, the automatic slow motion, that was what I primarily saved my meter for. You get I, meter. You get meter when you do. Yeah, that. you get meter. Yeah, I actually, <laughs> honestly, I never went into bullet time unless I like. I I only relied on bullet time when I was low on life. Like I never manually went into it. I I only use my meter for boosting and melees. That's so weird. Yeah, like I never went into. I never went into bullet time unless like it automatically took me in there when I took you know too much damage. Um, but yeah. it's so good. Dude, <laughs> oh, the guns are so good. What are you talking about? So let's talk about these but, guns. No, but I'm saying the bullet time can be used in conjunction with the guns. Nah, dude, my gun. I didn't need to go into bullet time. My guns were too strong. <laughs> <laughs> this, like straight up, the guns and the upgrading system in this game is my favorite part about this game. Like, no lie. The, um, I think there's eight weapon and you you basically you know your your weapons are uh designated on uh or you you can choose your weapons based on the d-pad or whatever so the left is always grenade and you have two different grenades you have an emp grenade and a uh just a regular uh blast grenade or whatever 
all the enemies. I don't. I don't actually think we mentioned this. All the enemies in this game, you're fighting are robots. They're they're not humans at, in any way. So well, when you, huh? Near the end. Well, sure. Uh, well, but ninety percent of like what? Ninety nine. <laughs> well, yeah, ninety percent. I guess this is a short game. It's more than one percent. But uh, yeah, so like ninety percent of the enemies you fight in this game are robots. So um, your EMP grenade, when you did it, when you toss it, is basically a stun grenade. And it basically incapacitates anybody in that blast radius. And um, the way the upgrade system in this game works, and, uh, and then your other three directions are mapped to weapons. So you can have three different weapons and then two different types of grenades. But the way the upgrade system in this game is set up is that when you have max ammo, like you, uh, or not max ammo, but when you have a full clip in a gun or a full the amount of ammo, when you pick up more ammo of that gun, it upgrades that gun. And the upgrades are, they vary depending on the gun, but like it can increase the magazine size. It can increase the amount of rounds that the gun can hold. It can increase the power of the gun. Um, It can increase the accuracy, the rate of fire. It just depends on the gun that you have. The lock on time, the blast radius. So um, there's a, there's a lot of, uh, I guess like we we already discussed that we kind of played this game differently because like Trevor struggled with keeping meter, and then like uh, I use meter only for boosting, and then other people only use meter for or use meter for the slow motion stuff. So like um, the guns, I feel like we probably all like I think there's eight different guns, and we probably all use different different weapons. So like they have your your basic assault rifle. Uh, they have a heavy machine gun. They got a shotgun, sniper rifle, uh, rocket launcher. But then they have the cool weapons. They have this, uh, this disc launcher, which is basically this gun that shoots saw, circular saw blades. And then uh, and they almost they bounce back too. They 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 ricochet and boomerang back. Um, then they have a uh, lock on laser, which is this gun that shoots like you can like lock on up to four targets, and it shoots these lasers at them. And then uh, this other gun called the LFE gun, which is like it shoots this huge energy ball that is super slow, but it like anybody that's in that blast gets like either if they're a grunt enemy, they get destroyed immediately. Or is it, huh? So is LFG, I'm just now putting this together. LFE. LFE, okay. I was like, yeah. if it's an LFG, is it a par- parody of a BFG? No, no, it's LFE. <laughs> Okay. I, I honestly, I was calling. I it, thought that at first. But. Yeah, I was calling it the life gun in my head, but then I was like, "Oh, there's no I in it," and so it's LFE. But uh, it's low frequency something energy, I think, or I, I, I emitter, I emitter maybe. But um, it uh, it shoots this huge ball, and like if there's a grunt enemy, it destroys it. If it's a big enemy, it knocks them down. And uh, yeah, so like you you go through this game. I mean, you're 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 killing a lot of enemies. So like, there's tons of guns to pick up and crates and stuff. So, um, you're you're upgrading weapons and switching weapons at a fast clip. So, um, what did you, what guns did you guys use, and what was your favorite? I think I ended up maxing out the assault rifle. Um, I used the shotgun a lot. And something that I just realized. So I guess the PC version has the DLC weapons too, because 
you get the boost machine gun, anti-armor pistol, and the laser cannon. And the laser cannon is super good. I think I ended up using that um, a, a lot, and that's another weapon I ended up maxing out. Yeah, I was actually reading Game Facts or something like that, and they said the DLC weapons are super OP. So that's pretty cool. <laughs> I ended up using the assault rifle like Greg and the heavy machine gun, I believe it was. And those were my two primaries. And then the last one kind of just whatever I needed at the moment. What about you, Trevor? Yeah, I pretty much use the assault rifle and the heavy machine gun. But my main goal was to stay away from the disc launcher. I think that, you know, I think the disc launcher, if you actually like level it up, I think it's probably pretty good. But like early on, I think it kind of sucks. Yeah, the first time I picked it up, I started shooting it, and some of the discs just flew straight up into the air. It didn't even go towards the enemy. <laughs> I'm thinking, like, what is this trash? Like, every time I saw one, I would just, like, pass it up. Uh, well, I guess Did we they bounce you- back at you and kill you? <laughs> Probably. No, it- <laughs> no he wouldn't have that many deaths. <laughs> <laughs> um, I- it doesn't happen. I don't think you get hurt from that, but um, I use the... Um- the uh, assault rifle, like you guys, I, I use the sniper rifle, though. Like, I always have the sniper rifle on me because that was a one-shot kill. Um, and then um, I use the LFE gun. Like, those are my main three. But, if like, usually I would swap out the LFE for, like, the disc launcher or the rocket launcher. So, like, I pretty much had the assault rifle and sniper on me the entire game. And then I just switched out the others but if I had my choice, it'd be like I, I maxed out the um, assault and sniper, and I was super close to maxing out the LFE. Um, I think I was one away from maxing that out. So, so the issue I had with the LFE gun was I felt like you had to be too close to be effective with it, and I figured uh, if I'd have to be that close, the shotgun was going to be a better a better option. Nah, it was, for me it was like, all right, I'm not using this gun for damage. I'm using it for, like, the bosses that move around a lot. Oh, yeah. Like, I just need to knock them down, and then I can just quickly swap to... I can just do a back roll, quickly swap to the assault rifle, and just unload bullets into them. So that's kind of was my strategy. Like, the uh, scorpion bosses, those bosses, I I needed the LFE gun in order to kill those guys. Um, (laughs) Because, like, they kept switching modes, you know, like, from being able to stand up and walk to you know, crawling around and especially cause you, it seemed like you always fought two at the same time. So I could like knock one down and focus on the other or running away from the other versus having to worry about two from different sides. That makes sense. But, uh, yeah, the, um, the, I, and then, like I said too, the guns have different melee animations. So like the disc, the disc, uh, launcher, when you melee, it's straight up the the chainsaw gun from Gears of War. Yeah, and I was like, "This is so sick!" Because <laughs> that's my favorite gun in Gears of War because of the chainsaw. So I was like, "Yo, this is tight." See, uh, I read about that, but I never kept a disc launcher long enough to. <laughs> <laughs> my only complaint about the guns, and this is gonna—I guess we can kind of talk about this—is whenever you ended the game, like if okay, so like. I didn't beat this game in one playthrough. So like when I left and came back or when I died, like you didn't keep some of your upgrades and like specifically 
like I maxed out my sniper rifle and my assault rifle like literally at least six times each. And you know how that time, works, right? No, I don't know how that works. So anytime you die, you run the risk of losing a rank in all of your weapons. So, I think it only does it to the ones you have equipped, or I might be wrong about that because yeah, all the ones you have equipped, the ones okay. that are in your inventory, they stay stagnant. Gotcha, but the ones gotcha. you have on hand, they'll drop a rank if you but die. I mean, even when I came back, though, too, and that was the part that I didn't understand. So, like, I ended, you loaded, yeah, like, like, say for okay. example, so I, I know I, what you're talking about, and so to level up a weapon, you essentially you can find an upgrade chip. They're very rare. They're these little green boxes that you'll find around occasionally and they'll level you up a full rank doing the um, mechanism Marcus described earlier where you pick up the equivalent weapon when you have the max ammo for that weapon you bring it up like a notch or whatever and you need three notches it's either three or four to get it up to the next rank and if you don't have it to the next rank you'll lose the notches if you turn off the game from my understanding is there like an indicator on there? Or do you have to go into your menu to see that? It's like yeah. a little you pull up a gun. Or a blip or something, right? Yeah. yeah, it's like different military ratings, I think. Oh, yeah. I noticed that, but I didn't know they were like increments. I thought it was like the actual rank. Like once you leveled up, you went up to the next rank. I didn't know it went by like increments. Nope. And it's not very well explained. So there's a good chance that you could completely overlook the um, upgrade mechanic. In fact, I don't think I knew it when I played through the game the first time way back when. That's crazy, dude. That was like, that, that's my favorite part about this game. Is like, I mean, it's a great part. It's just not, they never spell it out. <laughs> yeah, because it's just like a cool way of rewarding you for like, like, almost experience. Like if had Trevor, like, I don't know, like say for example, if Trevor had stuck with the disc launcher, and maybe picked up like two upgrades or something, like more round. You'd have more rounds if you had picked up a third one. Then it, it becomes stronger. So like I I couldn't stand using the uh, the heavy machine gun that you guys use because to me that gun was not accurate at all. Like I had issues like when I like you could literally just you know spray with an assault rifle, but the heavy machine gun it was like you had to do bursts, you know. And with the with the chainsaw gun or the the disc launcher, if there was like two or three enemies that were, you know, in close proximity to each other, I could shoot one disc at them, and then I all three of them would be getting hit because it would bounce off of one and hit the others. You know, Marcus, I got but, a pro tip. I got a pro tip. Tell me your pro tip. With the heavy machine gun, what if you went into slow motion before you <laughs> shot? But I want to boost around and kick people. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just saying. <laughs> it makes it a lot more easy to aim. Yeah, you're also, right. it does help with those um, spider bosses or any of the big enemies where you don't have oh, to aim very accurately. Well, the, the enemies that I, like the big bosses, I just used the LFE gun. Like that LFE gun was legit. I love that gun. And then even also like with the, the sniper rifle, the reason why I kept it was Anytime I use the EMP, like the, the the enemy that had that little eyeball, that you'd have to make it fall apart, and then the eyeball would be crawling around. Yeah, mm-hmm. you know, trying to get the parts back. I would EMP it. It would just, you know, like I would break it apart, EMP it, and then you could get three 
quick sniper shots on the eyeball, and that would take off like a third or like a quarter of its life, and then it would start moving around. And so, like the sniper rifle, like upgrading that early was like kisses. I'm kissing my fingertips right now. <laughs> I just once you get to the end of the heavy machine gun tree you do, I think it's 100% more damage with it. So you're doing double damage. And it trivializes a lot of stuff later on. Yeah, I noticed a huge difference once I got close to the end of the game and had my heavy machine gun almost completely leveled up. It really took away a lot of health on enemies. Do you keep a lot more health? I did, actually, yeah. All right, so I, I just since we've been talking about it, let's like I guess we said this game wasn't that difficult, but we all like tallied or like they have like a final score or you know final results, and uh, we might as well just lay it all out. How many times did everybody die? Uh, I'm looking at mine, and I had twelve deaths. I got four hours and four and a half, or excuse me, four hours forty five minute play time. And I died 16 times. And, like, literally eight of them came from the this one boss where you fight, like, this this large, uh, the, the four-legged, like, spider boss in this small room. And then, you, you know, you take out his legs, take out his part. He transforms into that tall dude. And then, you know, basically you're fighting a boss that has two different forms. And, like, I literally died at... Um, you know what? We forgot one other thing, and, I, and I'm about to about to spoil it. We forgot about the quick time events. Oh yeah. So yeah, quick time events. Sorry about this. Uh, every time you fight a boss, like you basically the bosses they consist of you know your you know these are huge mech ant creatures. You know, like there's a huge like spider boss or like a huge um scorpion boss or like just these bosses that have these weak points that you have to you know uh do damage ad nauseum destroy this part interact with the boss okay you interact with their weak part okay they get back up and like all that like the boss fights weren't that uh they were kind of like not that unique or like they were just kind of generic boss fights um but at the end of each boss fight, when you, you know, did all the damage and brought the boss's life all the way down, your final blow was like a quick time event. Or sometimes, too, in the middle of the boss fight, like if it was like a smaller enemy, they would like, you know, try to melee you and you'd have to like do a quick time event to dodge or to break free of their hands or whatever. But like the, the, the quick time events, they were few and far between, but they were like awesome. Like, <laughs> there was one where you literally, you, like, super speed or, like, you basically spin, like, a drill through this creature, like, through a machine's, like, uh, brain or its head or something like that. And uh, there was, like, another quick time event where you're, like, literally, you're, you, you, like, dodge a rocket that's being shot out of this thing's arm, and then you twirl, grab the second rocket that it shoots at you, you grab it, then you twirl it and throw it back into its arm and blow up this arm. And, like, the the, the quick time events are, like, so stylized and just, like, 
it shows off like how like cool this dude's suit is, and like obviously you can't do any of those things uh, in the actual game, but it just shows like how cool and like hey, this this is what the suit is capable of. Like, did you guys? I know quick time events are usually seen as like you either love them or you hate them, but uh, I felt like these were few and far between enough that it wasn't like a detriment to this game. I felt like it added to this game. Do you guys agree? uh, Let's start with you, Dante. Okay. One thing beforehand, I'm just watching a video of this small clip and did you guys ever just accidentally boost an enemy, kick it, and then activate slow-mo afterwards and backflip into a slow-mo? No, I, I didn't do that. that. that sounds I've never crazy. done that. It's amazing. It's <laughs> one of the best moments of this year, probably for me. <laughs> and you just watched the video. You didn't even actually do it. I did do it. I just, I, I just got reminded that I did it. And I did it on accident the first time because you don't know that these mechanics are going to work like hand-in-hand hand with one another like that. But then they do, and it's amazing. And as far as the cutscenes go, as you said, they're all really amazing. Wait until you play Metal Gear Rising. That's all I'm going to say. Yeah, I was about to say, like, if we're talking about, like, tight, quick-time events, like, boy. I'm just saying, like, you drill through a dude, you fight this giant mech, and you punch his head off. You punch his head off. Oh yeah, that was tight. That was tight. It's good, it's good. You you were you were in for Wait. a treat for Metal Gear. <laughs> All right, Trevor, you didn't play Metal Gear. Were these cool to you? <laughs> they were pretty cool to me. Like the first time they showed one, I was really hoping to see a lot more of them throughout the game. And I honestly thought you could manually trigger them. I didn't know they were just or I didn't realize until like later on, maybe the second or third boss that you fight that, you know, they're tied to specific parts on the boss that you have to either destroy or or you end up killing the boss. Yeah, but, the first um, one just kind of happens, right? Yeah. Like, you take his health down low enough, and then it automatically triggers the quick time event. But, but I wish there were... a seamless way, too. Yeah, yeah, they are pretty seamless. All right, so, I, so now that we've talked about quick time events... I was going to say the one part that I died eight times was the boss. If you're on his second form, he like you bring himself down to a low enough point. Like Trevor said, he grabs you and you are forced to shoot at like he has like three or four red lights on his head, like eyeballs or whatever. And it says right trigger. So I'm like, pull. I'm like tap, 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 tap. And he's kind of moving you around, so you gotta you you get a reticle or you know a reticle, and um, you uh, have to like aim at those points, and you have a certain amount of time that you don't see. There's like a hidden timer, and if you don't do it quick enough, he he basically shoots his laser eyes at you and melts you. I died five times to that because I didn't realize that you were supposed to hold the right trigger down. So you can't even talk about my deaths now. <laughs> <laughs> and then, like, straight up, I did kill him, and then he fell down, and I was like, alright, cool, I'm gonna pick up all this ammo and stuff, and I didn't get behind cover, so I died in the explosion after you killed the boss. <laughs> so I died six times on that guy. Like, yeah, it, it was it was rough. And then there was, like, another boss, like, 
So I died 16 times, and uh, there was another boss, or like the... It was that, that one I was talking about with the eyeball in it, where if you, you did enough damage, the eyeball would fall out, and it would kind of scurry around trying to get all the pieces and stuff. When it did that lunge attack to you... The one-shot? Yeah, it was a one-shot, and I, and I didn't know that. So I, I died... I think you fight that enemy three times throughout the game, and I think I died three times uh, to it. I started yeah. calling those enemies trash formers. <laughs> <laughs> That's actually a pretty good like description of what it is. It's just kind of this pile of metal that happens to form into a hydra, like not even a hydra, but it's it's got a lot of limbs. Forms because it, it does also like the 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 all seeing eye where it does a tower in the eyes at the top and it just shoots a lot of lasers from at different angles at you too. Mm-hmm. That yeah, that enemy and then the uh, that or, it's not, they're not bosses. What are, what do you call them? Like mid bosses, mini bosses? Like, I, yeah, I'd say sub bosses or something like that. Like maybe. that that guy and then the the scorpion guys because you always fought those scorpion dudes in twos. And they did the lunge attacks at you as well, and um, you like you always fought them in two. And they also had like a different form where they would they would go from being a scorpion to changing forms and being like a humanoid character with the staff. And um, when they were in a staff, they would shoot you know this shot at you, this charge shot. But then also it would stick like four missiles on you that it just hovered over you and your and they would. Uh, so you're behind cover, and they would just hover over you and do damage to you uh, while you're behind cover. I'm, I'm starting to wonder if, like, he just directly took stuff from Michael Bay at this point. Because <laughs> now I'm thinking of, like, Transformers. I think it was Transformers 2, where they pretty much had... That scorpion monster in the sand desert, right? That can transform into something that can walk like that. Hey, but they didn't have any racist SpongeBob sound in one, so I agree. This is or, this is infinitely better than Transformers Two, one of the worst movies of all time. Yeah, that's a yep, discussion yep. for a different day. Yep, yep. Um, but um, I was gonna see if there was any other parts where you guys kind of like struggled. So Marcus kind of laid out all the places where he typically died. I know the point that got me the most, where I probably had eight to ten deaths, was. I don't remember the entire context of the scene, but you're at a point and your suit pretty much automatically overheats and you have to get over this bridge. And I'm trying to think about what else is like, you have to, it's right after you fight those tank enemies, you're on the bridge shooting down onto those tanks. Yeah. 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 When you're fighting off yeah. the Creon, when you're trying to get on the Creon. Yeah. Yeah, the Creon, that's it. And that part gave me just so much trouble for some reason. So that's because I couldn't use slow-mo, which is so good. So I I think I died at the Creon stage a few times. I think that's probably where like half of my deaths came from. Um there was the part where you're shooting down at the uh the tanks that are going to try and take out your rail guns. And I th- I couldn't remember why I kept dying. I want to say it was like I would try and shoot something else, and then I wasn't keeping track of uh, the tanks going at the rail guns, and one of them would die, or one of them would get blown up, and then by the time I start aiming at the other one, 
he's almost at the other rail gun. And then I'm like, oh, well, I tried to kill him. And then, you know, you try and go to the last one to protect it. And then by the time you even aim at the, the last tank, he's already right in front of the rail gun. So I think I died there like three or four times. And then I had a couple just kind of pointless deaths at the beginning of that mission trying to pick up uh, weapons. But uh, outside of that, I think I can't remember the rest of my deaths. They were just kind of like accidental deaths. And I think I died at the final boss once. And that was it. Um, and I kind of like, I kind of want to give this game its full like credit and everything. Uh, we're saying that the game is relatively short, but uh, right now we're kind of been alluding to the cover shooting parts of this game. But I want to just shine a quick spotlight on there is a lot of different things that you do in this game. So, um, the, like, yes, there is. Uh, I would say a good chunk, maybe about three-fourths of the game is cover-based, but there's um, there's an escort part where you're you're taking a vehicle through a um, dark tunnel and you're fighting off, like, enemies that are trying to damage the, the, the vehicle. And that's not necessarily my favorite segment of the game, but that has that. They have a uh, sequence where you're on rails. You're on, a uh, like, a high-speed platform that's... Uh, going along and you you're fighting enemies on platforms beside you there's one where you're on an airship doing the same thing there's a sequence when you are uh, this is one of my favorite sequences is where you are literally fighting in a like a inverted gravity chamber yes yes oh yeah (laughs) when you're literally fighting enemies that are like the room is rotating and they're literally on the side of the wall or above you um or the you know the bridge where you're literally fighting on a bridge as it's collapsing, or um, yeah, yeah. yeah those walkers was also really cool. Like some of the enemies, they have these mechs that they're they're almost like those AT ATATs or whatever. I think. Yeah, in Star Wars, and they're just kind of like I'm on this platform and I'm controlling this thing that can shoot pretty powerful bullets. Well, if you get behind them, you can just like vault up there, take them off, control it. And pretty much just wreak havoc on anything and everything. Yeah, and yeah, exactly. Or snipe them. You get to the side of them when they're focused on an enemy. Snipe them. Yep, I do that too. Or um, or the freaking LFE gun. Like you can literally just shoot the thing at it, and the dude dies. <laughs> yeah, as long as you don't damage the mech, you can get yeah. on it. And then like they have uh, they have even like um, defend this point, or you know, like oh this. <laughs> I don't necessarily like these types of sequences in games, but it's like, oh, the elevator is coming down. We have to defend this point for, you know, whatever uh, amount of time or something like that. They don't have a time limit, but you're just kind of waiting for information or whatever. But yeah, there, there's there's a good amount of variation besides just the enemies you fight. Like, even like, we've been talking a lot about the mid-bosses and the mini-bosses and all that, but like, even like the main bosses, like you fight a dude, you fight another human being in a mech suit. You fight Zaitsev, and that dude has a sword. He brings a sword to a gunfight, and he has, like, he's in a mech suit that has, like, jetpacks and wings and stuff. And then, um... That weird water experimentation thing that you fight? The what? The, like, the amorphous being. I don't know what Yeah, yeah, the, like, the, 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 the Capri Sun liquid. Yeah, <laughs> the silver circle. Alex Mack, <laughs> Doctor Manhattan. 
Yeah, Dr. Manhattan. Yeah. You fight this this like human humanoid uh creature made out of this material, this this uh future substance, and like he like runs it. he's almost like freaking <laughs> Hey, it's almost like Wesker in Resident Evil Five, where you like shoot him from a full screen, then he runs at you. <laughs> it, my biggest regret of my playthrough was I never got that counter to work against him because oh, I was all the problem. Oh, I did. I, I did. <laughs> yeah. What does it do? You talking about a lot of damage? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But uh, and then I even like the that animation, the like, I guess. Should we just go ahead and go into the ending of the game and like this, the the reveal and all that, or do we have anything else that we need to discuss gameplay wise? Or did was there explain? anything people disliked? Um, no, I, I guess it's, it's like really nitpicky things. I guess like just the uh, the one mission. I guess is really the escort mission where you have to shoot the spotlights. Uh, I mean, oh. I guess it makes sense because it's a change of pace, but it was kind of like really boring. And it was then, really good for loving up that sniper, though. You yeah, right. it was. Mm. <laughs> um, Game so, the system. So I think that was it. And then, like, there's maybe I think it's an act four where you. Um, I'm trying to remember the environment, but there, there's like a bunch of grass around. And the only complaint that I had is if you do any type of slow-mo stuff in that, like even sliding and trying to aim at people in slow-mo, the grass kind of obstructs your view a little bit. Um, but again, it's just nitpicky stuff, really, I guess. My only nitpicky things were about the level up with the gun system, where if you like turn the game off, you would have to restart uh, your notches. And then... Um, Honestly, that was really it. Like, this game, as far as, like, the characters, they're not the most deep characters. The, the story isn't the most deep game, but you're not here for that stuff. You're here for the action. And, like, the, the even the dialogue, it's kind of like a cheesy action movie. Like, there's a lot of, like, cross uh, banter between Burns and, and Gideon. And uh, there's, there's a good amount of diversity. Um I like I I didn't really care for the escort mission where you're in the tunnel with in, in the dark and you have to blow up those like oh, you th- took thing. my gripe huh you took my gripe yeah yeah like the escort stuff I, I didn't really care for the, like that part but like like something like the the Creon like the entire time you're on the Creon to me is awesome like I wish they had. Oh yeah, another gripe I guess I could say is like the, the, when you're inside the Creon. The Creon is this huge, like thousand foot mech structure that is attacking the colony. And like, so you, first you have to incapacitate it, then or you know stop it from moving. Then you have to board it, and you're basically fighting it from inside, fighting enemies that are inside of it, and then trying to get to its heart or whatever to destroy it. Well, like you're fighting enemies, but this is, like, the only time in the game that there's, like, quote-unquote, like, puzzles. And they're not even necessarily puzzles, but it's, like, a nice change of pace where there's, like, the fire tube, right? Where you gotta, like, boost to the next point Mm -hmm. before the fire goes off. I think that part had the, um, the, uh, the low-gravity part, didn't it? Or am I mistaken? Was that not in the crayon? Um, Mm. it was, 
it was pretty close. They they're not too far away from one another. I feel like those parts were like super awesome set pieces, and I just wish there was more of that earlier in the game. Like the late game stuff in this game to me was awesome, but the earlier stuff it was uh it not that it was it, it was bad or anything, but I just like man like what if they had like puzzles in this game or like maybe flesh it out and kind of made it a little bit more re style puzzles or something. I don't know if that would help the game or hurt it, but I just wish there was something else to this game. But I, I still really, really, really enjoy this game. Trevor? Alright, so... <laughs> um, least favorite mission? I would have to agree with Marcus. I'm gonna say the escort mission where you're in the tunnel. Um... It just didn't feel like you were doing as much damage as you should be to um Exactly. Were, y'all, were any of y'all able to get the um get the vehicle in there without it taking damage? Hell no. I was like on a prayer and a fumes. <laughs> um Yeah, I think it was then when I realized how powerful the melee attack was cuz before I was just unloading everything into that thing and like they normally came in pairs. So you yeah. take out one and you'd have just enough time to get the other one to like maybe 10% of its health before it blew up right in your face. And it's just really frustrating when that happens. But I mean, we all made it through eventually. So my favorite mission is probably the one where you are boosting through those tubes where it shoots like the, the lasers at you or not lasers. I forget exactly yeah the little fire thing where you have to boost from one point to the next yeah before it, yeah that part was awesome like i like being able to utilize the you know the ability that actually helped me learn how to use the ability better um, too bad so, it was so late in the game yeah <laughs> like i learned how to use it better in combat after that mission um i wish there were more levels like the ones where you're you know like the one where you're running across the bridge and it's collapsing behind you. That was like, awesome. that one was so fun, but it was really short. Cause it was kind of like you're, you're almost intentionally running past enemies. Like I wish it was to a point where you had a bunch of enemies coming and you had to at least try to kill a bunch of them in order to get to the other side. And so it's kind of like a race against time. Um, like you're trying to kill the enemies before the bridge collapses underneath you. Um, but you know, I still thought it was pretty cool level design. Um, that along with the anti gravity chamber, that one was really good level design as well. I also I, I was gonna say too that jamming beacon boss. I don't know if you guys remember that where you have to fight that enemy that like I think this is on the crayon where you're fighting that enemy that basically jammed your beacon so uh, Elena couldn't give you coordinates or whatever. And so you had to aim at the red thing and it would like shoot a missile at you. And then there was another thing that was blocking you from shooting that. And at the same time, enemies were popping up on the screen, like the big or the, the, the mini boss enemies were popping up and you had to fight them as well. You're talking about that really, really big thing you had to fight. Yeah. The, 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 on the, I think it's either the Creon or on the Creon. Yeah. Like, I thought that part was cool too. I thought that boss was really cool. I, I really like the bosses in this game. Um, I, yeah, I thought, enemy design is on point all around. Yeah. I, I mean, I like the, the the bosses that have a health meter. The bosses that don't, like, they recycle them a little too much for my taste. 
but the bosses that have an on-screen health meter were all cool. Oh, you know what? I remember two of the parts where I died a lot after y'all were talking about some of the, the missions. So one was when you're doing like the um the sniper rifle mission. Like for some oh, yeah. I, I kept trying to take down that ship that flies up and you know kind of circles back around you. I kept trying to take it down. And for some reason I kept getting spotted. I don't know how, but I could never take it down in time. Cause I I did start doing a little bit of achievement hunting and there was an achievement for getting through that mission by you know, getting rid of um or not being spotted throughout the entire thing. Um, so I was trying to do that. And that's, I want to say I got at least 15 deaths on that part. The second part where I got a lot of deaths was when you're, <laughs> the second part where I got a lot of deaths was when you're trying to get to the Creon and that big foot. Like, I think I had, yep. the, I had <laughs> the game volume low, so I wasn't listening to what Elena was saying. And I thought I was supposed to boost underneath the foot to get past it. <laughs> and so every time, that's what I kept trying to do. And I'm like, am I just not going fast enough for what? So you out here boosting the wrong direction and you mad about the boost system. Hey, that was after I learned how to use it. <laughs> yeah, like that part, I, I had an issue because it was like, damn, like they want me to shoot underneath this thing's foot. But every time I get close, I'm taking damage. Like, and I can't, you know, I have to get close in order to shoot at it, but and that part was like, uh. Yeah, like I said, my least favorite part was immediately following that where you have that, like, oh, all your stuff is overheated and you need to get across this bridge. And there's like 50 billion things shooting at you. Uh, we all good. I didn't need the slow motion. I just take them out with my leveled up sniper. Oh, okay. And my favorite part was the, well, I don't know if my favorite, but the most memorable was the little high-speed tram section where you're just shooting tons of stuff. And it's like a roller coaster. everything's just so fast-paced right then. I, I I thought that part was cool. The second one I didn't like as much. The one near the end? Yeah, when you're fighting that guy. <laughs> yeah, that one. I ran out of ammo at some point, and it kind of got frustrating. I didn't feel like I was hitting. Like I felt like it was like literally... Where I'm aiming and where my bullets are going are not the same spot. <laughs> does uh does anybody else feel like this game shares like a lot of similarities with kind of like older shoot 'em ups like Contra and even like some of the treasure games and stuff like that? Just kind of the way that they handle systems and weapon upgrades and even stuff is you know every time you finish an uh an act or whatever or not an act but like a chapter, there's like a score screen every time. I mean, yeah. I mean, the it that's takes, like an upgrade system. I mean, yeah, it takes like it takes a lot from other games, like even like the slow motion stuff where you see the bullets. Like the fact that you can kind of slow the game down and see the bullets whizzing by you and stuff. And like even like if like and this is kind of not necessarily the same thing, but I can't remember what game. Uh, it's like a those Space Invader style game where like if you're hiding behind. Or no, um, uh, Centipede, where if like, you're hiding behind a certain piece of cover for too long, enemies focus on it, then they blow it up, you know? And then you can't be behind that anymore. So I, it definitely takes a lot of uh, elements and uh, inspiration from a, a, a variety of different, like like bullet hell stuff, the beat-em-ups, like, uh, you know, other 
cover base shooters. Like I found myself because this game, like when I was in, um, cause I, I did not get behind. Co- I, I was not behind cover. Oh like, yeah. That uh, long. How, how long did everybody stay behind cover? I guess looking at the stats. So, okay. So what we're checking by the way, for, is uh, at the very end of the game and at the end of each mission too, you can kind of see your score and it tallies everything that you have up to that point. So, this is your final, like your total, and this is what you, you know, got on this mission. So we're all looking at our final results. And so, like, in my four hours and 44, 45 minutes of playing, I was in cover for 22% of that time. Okay, I, I was in cover for 19.89%. I'm guessing you guys don't have your stuff up? 26%. Okay. And I know you, did, you didn't, right, Darren? You didn't have your stuff up? It's sixty six point six. Jesus! <laughs> <laughs> so we, you can see, we all play differently. Houseway, that, that was dope, but <laughs> you know how because he was doing slow motion and camping. <laughs> no, 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 that was legitimately a joke. I was just, um, I don't have mine. Everybody else, oh, okay. The little end screen. Yeah. So, like, I, I felt like I was not really behind cover that much. And, like, one of the things that I noticed, and I, I this kind of made me chuckle to myself, I haven't played Gears of War, like, I, I've, I haven't played Gears of War since 2 came out. Like, I never played Gears of War 3 or anything after that. And any time I was not behind cover, it, or, you know, I wasn't behind cover, and I didn't have any meter, I would just start rolling behind cover, and I would just be mashing A to try to get behind cover instead of, like, the X button. Because in Gears, didn't you have to enter cover by hitting A? Yeah, unless you did, like, the alternate thing, which was, like, uh, you would roll with A, and then you could stick to cover with X. Yeah, so I I, I was trying to do the Gears of War when I didn't have any, any bar or any meter. Because I couldn't do the boost thing, so the game it immediately in my head switched to being Gears of War. <laughs> <laughs> if I was to guess, I was probably around, like, 25 to 30 percent with the cover i i used it pretty often just because i was using slow-mo so much but yeah the game gives you the freedom to play as you want to and it's awesome (laughs) yeah and it's just kind of the genius behind having everything tied back to that boost gauge or the um i guess fatigue gauge whatever you want to call it so you can do whatever you want as long as you just don't overexert this, you know, one limit you have. Yeah, yeah. So um, are we uh, are we uh, wrapping it up as far as the mechanic stuff and we just want to finish out the story? Yeah, I think so. All right, cool. Um. So I guess one of the main elements of the game or so like as we stated before, the Russians have demanded that the government surrender or um, they're going to attack New York City next. Um, so the president is the one that sends the Marines to the uh, space station. Um, oh, wait, actually, yeah. So the, the Russians are going to attack the space station uh, and that's what they're saying. So the, if the government surrenders the space station, 
then they're good. But if they don't surrender, then he's going to attack New York City. So you have eight hours to surrender the space station to the Russians, or he's going to attack New York City. And when we um, say attack, we mean nuke. nuke. Basically demolish. Like, yeah, they, they show San Francisco being nuked in the beginning from, from some powerful, like, laser, right? Like a, like a laser, space laser or something. And it's so pretty this much- was a question I had before the um before the podcast started real quick um when they show that explosion going off you see people kind of look like they're about to turn into zombies did anybody kind of like i don't know that made me think that it was going to be a completely different game at some point yeah i thought they were like i don't know their flesh was like Like they get these really veins going all through hey that's for vanquish too (laughs) y'all But no, that was just a small little part of the intro. Yeah, so um, <clears throat> basically uh, you are trying to stop the Russians on the space station, and at some point the guy, uh, the head of uh, the scientist that rescued you, he gets kidnapped and taken hostage. And like so at some point your mission becomes not only do I have to, or not only do we have to, uh, defend the space station, but we also have to rescue Dr. Candide. Um, yeah, that's Sam's thing because he's with DARPA, which is separate than the rest of the unit that he's with for the entirety of the game. So he kind of has a submission within all of this. Yeah, yeah. So, um... Uh... So then, yeah, basically you're trying to find Candide. You end up finding him... And he's like, were you followed? And like, he's being very like twitchy and just weird. And then you just see bullets come and shoot him. And what do we find out at that scene? Is that he was betrayed, right? You got played. You get played. And you, so you were sent to the space station by the president and the secretary of defense or whatever to, you know, rescue this guy or whatever. But you find out that they were trying to find him to kill him. So Burns is the one that kills Candide and his men surround you. And then burn kind of burns kind of just goes off. And then you're going to have to figure out like what, what the heck happens? Like, how do they, why do they betray me? What's going on? And it kind of becomes like a, not even revenge, but like you're just trying to get to the bottom of what happened, and um, so you end up. It culminates with you fighting Burns in a battle, and his men are, and like we kind of uh, hinted at earlier, is this is the one time in the game that you are fighting like actual humans and not robots. So Burns's men become uh, the, the the grunts. And Burns is like the boss that you have to fight, and uh, it it is a it's an interesting fight. I, I don't. It's this is like probably my least favorite boss fight, but like um, he's kind of like retreating the entire time, and you're you know doling a little bit of damage, a little bit of damage, kind of chasing him, and then it, it you have a vehicle se- sequence in between where you're in like two like platforms uh, side by side, and they're racing along um, space station and. Uh, I had the issue where where I was aiming, my bullets were not hitting where I was aiming. It was almost like we were going so fast that 
it was like better just to take cover and not even shoot because my bullets weren't doing any damage on his men. And um, uh, you end up like, you know, fighting, just, uh, defeating Burns. You don't kill him. And then he just kind of like, why'd you do it? And then Burns basically apologizes and then uh, lets Sam escape. And then his men run up on him and they're like, you just kind of betrayed us, dude. And then he, we didn't mention this before, which is like on me, but he has a robot arm. So Burns has a robot arm and uh, he arms a bomb and he blows up everybody in that room and himself. Well, before, before we go too far, Burns was acting under direct orders of the president. So yes, the entire United States essentially is against you at this point as well. And I well, forget, that, that's lewd. Well, that, not well. All of the a, military people, yeah, yeah, this establishment. Sorry, yeah, nobody so else in the U.S. What, what is what? What you're trying to figure out is what is the reasoning behind this? Why would the United States do this? Because basically, it's like, oh, the United States knew about this attack on San Francisco, and then you end up finding that they are the ones that uh, initiated it. Right? They they kind of like planned it with Russia. They, they wanted to start this tense situation that they were now currently facing. And um, then you, uh, I guess, does anybody have anything else they want to add story-wise? Or, or should I keep going? I was really disgusted at that one part when, um, you know, throughout the whole mission, you're basically just chasing down Burns, trying to stop him. And then when you finally do stop him, and he's basically taking his last breath. He's dying. Sam reaches out his hand and he's like, come on, we're leaving together. Yep. Yep. Because Sam is like the hero. Do goody. See the good in others the entire time, despite being so cocky. And I always felt that was like a weird character. Like Burns having a change of heart was 100% jarring. From, from the moment we meet that guy, he's... In fact, the last line he pretty much says to the president or somebody like that is like, the means always justify the um, ends or whatever. And he has been 100% that. So I don't get why after Sam shoots him up, all of a sudden he's like, oh, you know what? He's right. I see the error in my ways. (laughs) Yeah, it's a very, both of those characters, like Sam stays good despite no, for no reason, basically. And on the other end, Burns suddenly has a change of heart. Though I will say, though, like, throughout the game, Burns has willingly just, like, let those guys die. But at one point, he does save Sam's life, you know? Like, when they're in the helicopter and all that, like, they have that bro moment. So, like, there is one part where Burns saves Sam's life. So I think he... At that point, like, if you were to look back, it's like, oh, he sees the good in Sam, and he's like, oh, this kid, he isn't, you know, he hasn't seen the horrors that I've seen, so he hasn't, it hasn't changed him, so maybe we can say, oh, he had that sudden change of heart, because he's like, this kid has been through all this, and he still wants, um, he still wants me around. Oh, that reminds me of a younger me, or, or I, I, you know, I appreciate that about this kid. Let me help him out one last time. I, I don't know. Like, that's the only, it's corny, and I don't think that would ever happen. I can see that as a quote unquote reason for why he had a change of heart. Fair. 
Um, but uh, yeah, so ultimately kills everybody in that room. Then you go into the next room, and then you immediately confront Zaitsev. Uh, and he kind of lays out the. It's almost exactly like <laughs> how Mr. Jefferson in the last game. He kind of just lays out the plan. So he's like, he explains that President Winters uh, had secretly supported the Russians, and um, she. Uh, I'm hearing an echo. Is that you, Dante? Is it? Yeah. Yeah. One second. Rudea. <laughs> Alright, we're good. Better now? We're good. Um so yeah, so uh President Winners has secretly supported the Russian I think they call him the Order of the Russian Star. And uh she betrayed them by using a coup as a pretext to declare war on Russia, and that was a way to have an economic stimulus, like basically, oh, we're going to go into war, we're going to start producing all these things, and that's going to be some way to boost the economy. Uh, I don't understand, but uh, um, she basically wanted to use the war to cement uh, the American, like the strength of America over the rest of the world. Uh, so that's why the Russians decided, hey, we're gonna we're gonna attack your station, you know, your your space station. So basically, the plan backfired on uh, the president. The Russians were one step ahead of the president, and the president is like kind of in a sticky situation. So that's kind of why she sent her people to like quell this uh, situation. And uh, so he explains that, and then you immediately fight him in a mech suit. Then you find out, oh no. It's two mech suits that you have to fight. So you're fighting two mech suits, uh, and that is the final boss encounter. Uh, and uh, how did you guys feel about this fight, this last fight? You're in, like, a nondescript, like, space station-esque area. There is a red suit and a blue suit, and they have wings. They boost, you know, they have guns. They're, they're flanking you, all that stuff. Uh, um, how did you feel about it, Trevor? Did you have any issues with it? Um, this was one of the very few levels where I ended up getting a time bonus after completing it, and no deaths. I see you. I like see you. this, this boss battle was super easy to me. Yeah, I could see that. I didn't really have like a big problem with it. Like I said, I think I died like one time, and it was just kind of from uh, being a little bit lazy. But other than that, yeah, I didn't really have too many issues with it. I also died once, and that was mostly because I didn't realize that the, the, the cover was going in and out. So the first time, I was like kind of just chilling in one area of the, the place, and the the way that the, the space station worked was like the cover would pop up, and then it would go into, you know, go into ground, pop up, go into ground, and I didn't realize that, so I got, like, bodied. Yeah, I also died once. Um it was kind of a weird fight to end on, in my opinion. It didn't really feel like it didn't feel. It like didn't feel like the last fight, <laughs> right? Yeah, right? It just kind of popped up. <laughs> yeah, it just kind of pops up, and then like after you defeat them, you find out like you're thinking Zaitsev's and one of them. Then you find out, oh no, they're both slave units or something like that. So they're he's controlled them from afar, and then. He basically activates a nuke that's inside the suit to destroy the station, and that prevents the U.S. from reclaiming it, so they don't have that dominance that they were trying to cement. And then uh, Sam 
quickly gets to an escape pod. He meets up with Elena at a spaceship, and then basically Sidesev is able to get away. And like the one, I guess maybe going back to disappointments, and maybe this is because it's so it takes so many different inspirations and things from other games. I felt like it would have been really cool to play as Sam, as he's trying to escape this, like race to the escape pod, you know, like this place is crumbling around you, maybe even throw in some enemies, but maybe not. Like you don't have to necessarily fight anybody. You just fought two, you know, bosses, just like have them trying to escape through this exploding space station as, you know, um, as a, He's trying to escape. And then even, like, uh, one more thing I want to point out is uh, after you kill one of the slave units, the second one, he gets, like, a boost, and he becomes super fast. So Elena hacks your suit, so that way you don't have to worry about the augmented uh, reality mode. And so you go in slow motion, so that means that the, the robot is moving at, like, normal speed, so you can kind of track it and shoot it. And, like, at that point, this is, like, an excellent reason for him to have been able to just, like, a limited boost for, like, a minute just through this exploding space station to get to the escape pod. And I feel like that was, like, a wasted opportunity. But maybe that's just me. Um, no, I could I could see that. Um, I didn't even it? think about it like that. I mean, I, I do agree that I feel like that's kind of a weird fight to end out of, and it just kind of comes out of nowhere, and then you think that there's more to the game, but that's it. Yeah, yeah. It, it, to me, it's like that. Op- that was like a Halo moment. Like every Halo game, the last mission is a vehicle sequence where you're like leaving, you know. Or at least the the first two that I remember. I don't remember if the third one had that, but like you're always trying to leave in the in the Warthog. And I was like, this is the perfect opportunity. This place is blowing up. She's already unlocked your suit. She, you know, she's <laughs> she's jailbroken your suit, so now you can boost for forever. So might as well just like let's do it. Let's let's boost for a minute straight out this exploding space space station. But now you got to see it through a, a cutscene, and then you, you reunite with Elena, and then you find out Zaitsev was able to get away unscathed as well. He's congratulated, and then you find out that President Winters, having realized that her plans have backfired and she will probably be exposed for being a fraud commits suicide and she's literally sitting at a table in the white house or whatever a room that looks like it's at a white house she's at the head of the table and she has a pistol to her head and it kind of pans out this is the end of my presidency yeah (laughs) (laughs) and she pops herself and then you see the blood splatter on the american flag and then her head just fall over and blood all over the table so and uh, that is how the game ends. So there is like not necessarily a resolution. Like America was trying to declare its, you know, submit its legacy over the world, and the Russians thwarted the, the United States, and they got away scot free. Do we uh, want to get waypoint on this? <laughs> do we want to get waypoint on this? Mm. There was threat of nuclear war, you know. <laughs> I just thought it was incredibly timely and topical, and the irony was not lost on me of all of the events that unfold in Vanquish. And there's a lot of stuff that's going to happen in Metal Gear Rising that's going to be very relevant to um, the current political atmosphere. 
You're right. Yeah, I was thinking about that, and I was like, man. Yeah, yeah, like, it's like the story, and it's funny because, like, what, like, a year ago, it wouldn't have mattered. Or, you know, like, we wouldn't have seen it through the lenses that we see now. But it's just very, very interesting to to see it played out this way. Man. Just the U.S. and Russia having ties with one another in the hey, president like, working and colluding yeah. with the Russians and, <laughs> you know, uh, yeah. It's, people you thought you could trust. Well, other people you thought you could trust in the government <laughs> all turning against you and like, you're just a soldier on the line and you're expected. Oh, well I'm supposed to kind of blindly follow my country. Sam's the only one that, really questions that and, and I guess it's not it's not uh it's not relevant because the dude is white so <laughs> <laughs> he'd have to be like you know a, a person of color for it to be like to hit 100 percent home right now so one thing I thought was interesting was this is a Japanese game but it's about you know the US Marines and you know, going up against Russia, but then you actually don't kill any Russians. You're killing robots the entire time. And then the one time you do kill humans, they're American. Exactly. Yeah. Yep. Uh, do we have uh, <laughs> Do we have anything else that we need to hit on for Vanquished, or are we are we are we good, y'all? Uh, about these, these statues. Uh, I mean, yeah, we can quickly hit that. So they have this collectible, and <laughs> these collectibles are hard AF. <laughs> like, um, I, I'm, I'm the, uh, I would say I'm probably the completionist of the batch of us, and um, I don't know how many statues there are. Do you guys have a, a number count? I think there are like 121. Jesus. No, no, there's no way. That was the number I saw. And I just kind of gave up looking for them. Let me Google that real quick. That sounds like a lot. Um, but yeah, there's these statues that you find um, throughout the game. And you just to activate them or to quote unquote tag them as being found is you just shoot them. And I don't even know what happens. Like, do you know what you get for getting them all? Because Does anybody know? An achievement? No. <laughs> Damn, there's 112. Yeah. All right, yeah. So, like, yeah, you just shoot them, and that's to activate them. And I, I don't really know if you get anything else for doing it, but I found 16. <laughs> like, and honestly, I only remember shooting six. So, like, the, that, like some of them, I guess I must have activated when there was an explosion in the background or something, or maybe when I was on a turret, like, maybe... <laughs> I accidentally shot one, but I had 16 of the 112, so. I only had eight, and I'm pretty sure those eight, most of them were in plain sight when I found them. Yeah, I don't think I had more than 10. Yeah, but I like I said, they're very well hidden, and I'm not really sure what you get for shooting them, so it, it wasn't impressed on me that they were like a important thing and had I known there was 112 I still wouldn't have done still wouldn't have done it I thought they were cool though because of the I guess it's like a laughter like when you shoot them like some kind of cackling that you can hear like the the sound effect 
But um, I thought it was like a, a cool little Easter egg that they kind of added into the game that kind of – it was it seemed like it was separate from the actual game um, that just the developers decided to add in there, especially like the um, the closing credits on the game too. The Star Fox style or Smash Brothers style? Yeah. Yeah, so uh, – oh, I just looked it up. You don't get anything. You just get the achievement. That's really it. There's no, like, in-game bonus for it. But, yeah, after you beat the game – I wonder. Huh? I wonder if that's just kind of their style of things, like – just from hearing people talk about Nier Automata and they essentially trivialize that type of stuff where um, you can literally buy the achievements in that game with like the in-game currency. So I'm wondering if this is kind of like their little jab to all of this stuff is really stupid. We're just going to hide like a hundred of these random things throughout the world and give you nothing for it. Suckers. Your words, not mine. I, I heard it though. I heard it. It was subtle. <laughs> but uh yeah so um yeah as Trevor was saying at the very end of the game when you're doing the credits you do this like go through this Star Fox style uh thing where you're shooting asteroids it's from first person so you're just aiming down these sites and shooting lasers at these asteroids that have pictures of all the main staff people that worked on this game and um it's like a and it actually kind of goes a little bit longer than like it's. I know it's a fun little mini game thing, but like I wanted to wait till after the credits to see if there was anything else that you know the game went into. So that kind of went a little long, but I mean it was fun and uh, and uh, yeah, that that was it. That was like a cool little nod too. Like as I said to like Smash Brothers, I think the Smash sixty four had that. I think when you beat the arcade mode and uh, like Star Fox as well. Did y'all get all the developers? No, I missed one. It was that one that moved like really fast, like towards. It was like the second to last one. I don't. I don't remember. I just yeah, it was close to the end, so it probably was the same one. Or I missed Kamiya at the end. Like the very last one. Yeah, you have to shoot him a lot. Apparently, yeah. I missed a couple. I can't remember which ones though. But yeah, it was just like a little little fun mini game. But you know. Another nod to, like, as we said, like the, the many, many, many references that this game has made to other games and his inspirations. So, uh, overall, how'd you guys feel about the game? Uh, did you like it? Did you hate it? It's still probably one of my favorite. I guess if you characterize it as like an action game, it's still probably one of my favorites. I didn't. If you had asked me before we played this, hey, Marcus, what's your opinion on Vanquish? And I said, I would have been like, yeah, I played it. It was cool. But, like, I think it's awesome. I think this game is awesome. Like, having played it again and having it fresh in my mind, I don't know what... I think maybe because I played it on hard mode, and so, like, I kind of slogged through the game, and, like, I died a lot, and it was a lot harder and probably a little bit more static and just, like, slower paced because I was, like, probably, you know, new to the game, and I also, you know, was playing on a harder difficulty. But, like, playing this way on normal... I felt so strong, so powerful, um, and it, it just, this game is awesome. <laughs> I love this game, so yeah, it's definitely one of my favorite action games as well. It's, uh, and I mean, I guess it's not that old, I mean, it's I guess like seven years old now, but it still holds up really well. Yeah, I mean, like, store, like as we said, like the, the, the plot of the game is pretty relevant to now, and like, 
even like if you're playing on the older versions, PS3, 360, the game does not chug at all. I didn't have it hitch up on me not once. Um, yeah, the, the, and like I said, the game still looks really well. And I, I think it will continue to look well because like there was nothing kind of like Mirror's Edge, like we said earlier, like there was nothing in here to like stand out that they were very smart in the design choices that they made. So nothing in here is going to like look bad or like jagged or, you know, just like when you see older games and like, oh, that looks kind of rough. Like, I don't think you're going to see that with this game. Yeah. Simply from a mechanics perspective, I can't think of a, of a better third person shooter. All things considered. I immediately started thinking of uh, other third person shooters. Did you guys, because you wanted to challenge him or is that just me? No, I was trying to run a few off the top of my head, but yeah, I'd kind of, as far as like the amount of stuff going on and the amount of options you kind of have, I, I probably have to agree. I tried. I'll agree. <laughs> what about you, Trevor? Final thoughts? Um, this game reminded me of how easy Destiny is because that's what I've been playing for the most part. <laughs> and that game honestly kind of gives you kills. And so going back to a game like this where you have to actually... Um... Don't say work for kills. <laughs> no, not necessarily work for kills, but utilize cover strategically. Because like, I guess Destiny is not a cover shooter, but the only time you really use cover in it is like when you've lost your shield or your health is getting low. But in this game, there's a little bit more strategy, like the the maps or the rooms are a lot smaller, but... Or so you have to be more strategic by the way you um by the way you take on enemies. I really enjoyed the game because it does have that because of the sliding mechanic for the most part and how it you know how well it interacts with other aspects of the game. Um, I am glad it's a short game though um, because I was kind of getting tired of some of the enemies. Um, some I wish I they would have used or utilized in the level design a little bit more. Sometimes it just seemed like they were just popping up out of nowhere, but I, I enjoyed it. It's, it's not my favorite third person shooter, but I definitely enjoyed it. Yeah. I guess kind of picking back into, I, I do agree that this game was like the perfect length because there was a little too much, reusing of some of the mini bosses for my taste for as short as this game was. But overall, I do feel like this is a good game and like it, it holds up really well. And I definitely, uh, <laughs> I definitely kind of echo the sentiments of Greg and Dante as like, this is probably my favorite third person shooter as well. So Wait, 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 wait. Oh, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, sorry. Mechanically, mechanically. Yes, mechanically, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, mechanically. My fault, my fault. Thanks for calling me out. But yeah, mechanically, one of my favorite, uh, my favorite third-person shooter, mechanically. Um, Yeah, there can only be one 50-cent blood on the sand. Let's... (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah, you're right, you're right. Um, But yeah, so uh, with that, uh, I guess we'll go into... I think we already discussed previously or beforehand still no fan submitted questions however um we have decided that our fifth month 
uh, which will be December, uh, that will be a fan choice for what game we're going to play in. So for the 15, or I guess 15 minus 4, so for the 9, or <laughs> wow, my math is awful. Are we at 15 or 13 now, actually? Talking about subscribers? Yeah. Well, uh, we have more likes on the Facebook page than subscribers. So oh, I know. I'm, I'm, I should be ta- talking to the subscribers only. They're the real ones. Do we need <laughs> to have a premium podcast? <laughs> Every Everybody else, you know, you ask a question, they just hit thumbs up. Last time I checked, we had 13. All right, so minus us four, because we obviously subscribe. <laughs> so for the nine of you guys, um, we are going to have like a fan choice poll. So um, we've been asking friends on our Facebook and uh, to, you know, hey, what are some narrative-based, uh, narrative-focused games, you know, sub-16 hours uh, that you guys would like to see? to talk about. So um, we've gotten 15 submissions so far. I think we're going to leave it open. I don't know how long, how, how are we gonna leave, long are we going to leave it open until? So at least uh, right before Black Friday? Maybe we'll yeah, sh- we need to get those sales in. Yeah, so we'll, we'll, we'll shut it. I think we'll, we'll shut it down between the first and second episodes of uh, in November. So the Bionic Commando episodes. Well, I um, we'll shut it down around then. But right now we have 15 games, and uh, what we're going to do is we're going to choose between all the submissions. Each of us is going to choose a single game, and then we are going to enter those games into a poll. Uh, actually, so yeah, we should shut that. We should shut the submissions down at the end of this month, and then have the poll up from November up till be right before Black Friday. Thanksgiving. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So. Um, uh, and we're so we're each going to pick a single game of the list, and then we're going to enter those four games into a poll, and then the fans will choose which of those four games we will submit to, or we will review or cover for the month of December. And then after that, then we're going to go back to the four games, and we'll, depending on you know what how well this one goes, we may do it again on our fifth month, go, so the May month. But uh, I'll, I'll go ahead and list the 15 games we have right now. And this is a good mix of games that it would take us a month to cover or games that we could cover maybe two of these games in a single month and just do like a one-off episode, you know? So uh, we have The Moon Game. We have uh, Fahrenheit, a.k.a. Indigo Prophecy, Inside, um, Eat Lead, Return of Matt Hazard, Hellblade, um, The Last of Us, Heavy Rain, Fragments of Him, Dead Space, Super Hot, Azura's Wrath, including the DLC, um, EG, Bioshock Infinite, Shank, and uh, Mark of the Ninja. So I think that's a good mix of kind of new, kind of old games. Well, and then also um, shorter games and games that are like right at that 16 hour threshold so um be on a lookout for the poll uh or actually and be, feel free to submit some uh, more games too so you can hit us up on facebook on for me uh or twitter um facebook is uh facebook.com slash potato salad uh o's are zeros and the five is or the s is a five same with twitter but there's an underscore between potato salad 
Um, you can hit our Myth Checkpoints um, Facebook page, which is just facebook.com slash Checkpoints. You can hit up Dante at... You can hit me up at twitch.tv slash awakencloud, one word. Um, I should be playing Destiny by the time you guys listen to this, if you listen to it in a timely fashion. Uh, you can find Trevor at... You can find me on Twitch, Mixer, all that lyric unsung. I'll be playing Horizon Zero Dawn. And you can find Greg at... <laughs> uh, Twitter at Boombox Hero. And Twitch still pretty much just streaming Street Fighter. Uh, I streamed a little bit of my Vanquish playthrough, but not a whole lot. But um, probably going to start uh, one of the Yakuza games up. Not sure which one. So maybe I'll try to stream that uh, this coming week. But yeah, you can follow me at Twitch at uh, XDRDMagnegroX. Cool. And uh, if anybody... Is everybody good? Do we have anything else? Anything closing thoughts? Anything else we need to say? Don't forget to subscribe on Apple Podcasts. Yes. Thank you. I knew I forgot something. Yes, please subscribe because we don't have enough subscribers. I don't know what the number is when we have enough, but right now we don't. <laughs> so Yeah, so. and if you have subscribed, tell your friends, tell your mom. Yes, yeah. tell your friends. Yes, we, we have – there is a big <laughs> – a, di- a large amount of difference between the number of people that have liked our Facebook page versus the number of subscribers we have. So we'd like those numbers to kind of be similar, you know, kind of close to each other. So we need like, you know, about 50 of y- 50 people to like chop, chop and go ahead and subscribe. So just like tell your friends, you know, let them know, tell your family, let them know. Uh, I guess with that, I guess we'll be signing off. So Peace. Peace.